10cc. They're coming to town with the ultimate greatest hits tour Sunday, July 2 at the Astor Theatre. Tickets through Ticketek. And Graham Goldman from 10cc is joining us this morning. Good morning. Morning, Graham. Good morning to you. Mate, it is wonderful to, uh, well, we can see you, but on the radio to hear you and uh, great to talk to you. And I'm thinking rubber bullets, life is a minestrone, good morning, Judge, I'm not in love, dreadlock holiday. You leave your fans exhausted at the end of a gig, mate. So many hits. <laughs> well, we, we always say we have, we, we have no mercy and we take no prisoners. Love it. So, uh, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, people that come to the show are going to hear, well, all the hits that you would expect us to play and, uh, and more, you know, various album tracks. Couple of surprises yeah. as have, well. I have to say, Life is a Minestrone, one of my <laughs> favourite song titles of all time. Now, 10CC yeah. are celebrating 50 years of recording and touring. When was the last time you were in Perth? We were in Perth not long before the pandemic. Oh. Um, we toured Australia and New Zealand. In fact, we left Auckland and came back to the very beginning of the pandemic. And so, very much looking forward to coming back to Australia in particular. Mm. Unreal. Mate, can we go wind up back to the 60s, mate, and talk about some of those amazing songs you wrote for the Yardbirds and the Hollies and Herman's Hermits and, and the like over the years? And there's a Yardbird song called For Your Love, which I particularly love, and it was a changing point for an R&B band called the Yardbirds. I think it was part of the reason yeah. why Clapton said, oh, I don't want to be a pop artist. But you wrote that song. Was there a chance that it was getting shopped around to become a Beatles song? Is that a myth? Is that true? It's a myth, but it's based on the fact that uh, my manager at the time said we should get this song to the Beatles. But I did remind him that the Beatles were doing very well in the songwriting department themselves. Pretty handy. Uh, yeah, yeah. So that, yeah, I think that's how that that actually came about. That story. Uh, one of your biggest songs. I'm Not In Love, of course, was huge at the time. And now in recent times, a little movie called Guardians of the Galaxy has uh, yeah. sent it back to the top. Mm. You have a whole new generation loving it. Do you get a real kick out of that? I mean, obviously, it sends them to your other music as well, which you'd get a kick out of. But Yeah, I, I do very much so. And um, it's, it's sort of evident at the gigs that we do that we, we're that advanced in our years, let's put it that way, we get people of our sort of our own age, the yeah. more mature yes. audience no. is. <laughs> we, we get that we get we get their children who are kind of approaching middle age, and their children as well. So it's very gratifying to see three generations, uh, you know, coming to see us. And it's of course it's it's not just because of things like Guardians of the Galaxy. You know, our songs are being played on the radio all the time. Yeah. So mm. they're 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 in the ether, you know. Mm. Yeah, we play them uh, several of them every week. Mate, can you tell me about a song called "Floating in Heaven"? A beautiful piece of music, and you have more than just music in common with Brian May from Queen, don't you? Uh, yes, I do. Yeah, I wrote the song, which was inspired by the James Webb Space Telescope. Played it to uh, Andrew at my record company, and he said the song is brilliant. He said, "But wouldn't it be great to get someone like Brian May to play on it?" Because Brian is uh, both an astronomer and uh, an astrophysicist, mm. as well as being a brilliant <laughs> guitar player. So I sent him the song and he says, I, I love this. I want to play on it. And he was very involved in the making of the record and it was wonderful working with him. Overachiever. <laughs> you reckon? <laughs> Speaking of songs that are still very much in the ether, Dreadlock Holiday, are you amazed that it's it became, well, I mean, obviously with the line in it, I don't like cricket, I love it. It was always going to be associated yeah. with cricket, but are you are you thrilled that 45 years later it's still so associated with cricket? 
I'm absolutely delighted, <laughs> I have to say. Ironically, I mean, friends of mine have threatened to take me to cricket matches, but I've never been to a cricket You're match in my fan. life. You're not a fan. Oh, okay. I, I know, that, that's really weird. So, uh, yeah, one day, one day I'll, I'll go. But, you know, that, that line was actually... Uh, I have to admit that it wasn't a line that I thought of. I was in Jamaica and I was chatting to a guy in the in the place I was staying and talking about sports. And I said, what about cricket? Do you like it? He said, no, I don't like it. I love it. <laughs> oh, and he gave me the line, you know, I thought, I think that's the thing with songwriters have always got this sort of antennae up waiting for something to, yeah. you know, they pick up on something someone says that might be funny or mm. it's a great interesting line. And, and it's a great line, you know, and I, I thank him for it. Yeah, oh, it stood the test of time. Mate, I was going to think, I was trying yeah. to think of a new question to ask all the musicians who come on the show. And my question is not fair with you because it was going to be, have you ever met a Beatle and what did they say to you? But you've spent a lot of time with one Beatle in particular, haven't you? Uh, yes, I did. Yeah, with Ringo Starr. I, I toured with Ringo in uh, 2018. We did two major tours. And I had a wonderful time with him and, and the rest of the band. It was it was a great experience. I really enjoyed it. Unreal. Graham, can I ask, as a songwriter, what do you what do you think of the current crop of artists like your Ed Sheeran and, and Adele and Chris Martin? Do you think they have the staying power of your lot? I think some of them will. Yes, I do. There are certain records that are sort of I think they're they're kind of disposable and they're made that way and not destined to become classics that will be played fifty years on. Mm. Like some of our songs. But you know, there's always something good happening. And like when I was like a young teenager, the, the, the top ten, I'd like maybe seventy five percent of it. Mm. And now it's kind of rather less than that. Mm. But the the whole industry's changed somewhat and uh but for us, you know, the songs that we have have longevity and that's proved by the fact that we can still tour playing these songs and people want to hear them. So, yeah, the answer to the question is there's not as much, I think, songwriting talent around today, but there is certainly, is, you know, there are people that yeah. are great, you know. And I mean, Ed Sheeran's a good good example of someone who is, he just hits the nail on the head he with, does. with what he writes. You know? And he's prolific. Yeah, and as a master songwriter, mate, how do you feel about Ed having to go to court to protect his mm. use of certain chords, which have been used by so many? Uh, well, I, I applauded his victory mm. because, uh, as his lawyer said, there are certain building blocks that all songwriters have the right to own. Yeah. And just because something has a similar groove to something else doesn't mean it's a copy. It was inspired by it. And he, I mean, Ed proved that when he, he used to segue, let's get it on into um, mm. speaking out loud. So he kind of admits that. But, you know, we're all influenced by something else. There's nothing truly original, but obviously we don't want to copy Mm. blatantly copy, plagiarise, steal. But we're all, I mean, I'm to this day, my biggest influence in songwriting is the Beatles. But yep. I hope, I, 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 I have rewritten a couple of their songs uh, many years ago <laughs> and sort of realised that I shouldn't have done that. <laughs> Don't do <laughs> But, but it, you know, all songwriters will do, I think it's quite common that you'll do something and then you or one of your friends will say, uh, I'm sorry, mate, you can't do that. <laughs> Yeah, too similar to it'll something be too, else. It'll be yeah. obvious. Yeah, well, I think it was George. Yeah, Har someone will tell someone. Will, someone will pull you up on it. Yeah, George Harrison said if you can put it all in a computer and it would spit it out. And he said that when he got into trouble in the seventies. You know, there's yeah. no no yeah. one way of saying yes or no. Yeah, he, I'm sure he, uh, George was not conscious of the fact that he was that. You know, uh, my sweet lord. Yeah. Was, was so similar to uh, he's so fine. But there you go. But he, you know, he owned up to it and and shared the waters. So Graham, I've got to ask you one question. All you need to do is say. 
yes or no. But over the years, <laughs> I've been told uh, various accounts of why the band was called 10CC. Is it the story I've heard that's made me blush? <laughs> oh, that story. That story. The story you've heard that made you blush. <laughs> yes, as to where the name 10CC. Some, it, it is something that we adopted <laughs> because it was more fun than the real reason ah. and would make you blush. Yes, if you know, you know. We'll leave it at that. <laughs> I know what, exactly what you're talking about. I know, but we'll let people look that up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, okay. All leave right. it at that. Well, it's been a real pleasure to talk to you, mate, we look forward to hearing those hits here in Perth. Yes, on okay. July the 2nd at the Astor. Lovely to talk to you, Graham. Okay, lovely to talk to you too. Thank, Thank you, you so much. 